Hello, everybody. This is Gino Johnson, CEO of Champions for Veterans, and I am so excited for uh, today's talk. So um, we're going to be starting this new uh, session uh, or different types of interviews called mm-hmm. Convos with Heroes. And we're going to be speaking with right. the heroes who uh, who are, have big hearts and who really make an impact in our world. So uh, today we're going to be speaking, I'm going to be speaking actually to my dad, my hero in my life, my dad, Terry Ranger Johnson. Uh, so you guys will be hearing his story. And I'll also be sharing a little bit of my story. So you guys know me. And uh, and uh, but we're excited to really share and and uh, really hopefully our stories will impact the lives of many people listening to this. So um, but yeah, I uh, to kind of give you some background on who I am before we get into the main event today, my dad, Ranger Johnson. Uh, so I was born 1988, uh, grew up in the South, uh, Columbus, Georgia, Mississippi, uh, all over the South. And um, so pretty much went to school, ended up uh, not serving in the military, but actually going into going to the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, back in 2006, after getting out of high school, got my bachelor's and master's in accounting. And um, from there, after in 2011, uh, I decided to move up to Memphis and started working at um, different accounting firms up there. So I did some some public accounting. I did auditing for about uh, four years. And from there, in 2015, moved over to uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area and um, started working at a big organization here. Spent uh, about uh, five years there working in accounting, doing controls, basically just doing a lot of a lot of different accounting related things. And um, so that's that's kind of my career. Uh, And then from there, left left the accounting career and uh, started Champions for Veterans uh, back in uh, July 2020, uh, where I was talking to my dad and we had a conversation and I heard about VA disability and um, what he was doing to help veterans for a few years. And I'm sure he'll get into a lot more of that. But I saw an opportunity to really just help a lot more people and change lives by uh, teaching, giving coaching when it came to the VA system and been able to help a lot of people since uh, since we started that organization, this organization back in uh, July of 2020. Uh, but, you know, me, just more about who I am, you know, that's my career, but, you know, your career doesn't necessarily define who you are. You know, I, I love to serve. And, uh, so I'm, I'm a man of God. Uh, I definitely serve uh, serve God and, and uh, uh, I'm a Christian. So following the Bible and following Jesus is a big part of my life. And uh, so I love to serve and give back to my community, my church. I've gone to Haiti a few times on mission trips down there to help kids and really just um, help as many people as we can. And uh, yeah, just spend as much time just serving and giving back, you know, doing that in my personal life and uh, also doing what we do with Champions for Veterans. It's just been really fulfilling and awesome to be able to just help people in different Mm -hmm. ways. Um, I was recently engaged. So I've been engaged since October 31st. 2021 to an amazing woman um, uh, named Ronine, and we uh, we plan on getting married in May of 2022. So looking forward to that. And so some big developments in my life right now. And uh, but really just honored to be able to do what we do, help veterans, help people, and uh, really just start having these conversations with heroes that uh, that really help us in so many different ways. So, hey veterans, did you realize that most veterans are at least 30% underrated on their VA disability rating. That may be you. If it is, I want to teach you the Ranger method. So go to championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation today.
Listen, I was that guy. You see the uniform. Retired U.S. Army Ranger and Green Beret. When I retired, I was at 10% disability with 120 jumps out of airplanes and a jacked up back. So I want to help you. Don't waste time. Go there now, championsforveterans.com, and schedule a free consultation. This is Ranger Johnson telling you to stay in the fight. Um, that's me. But uh, I'll go ahead and pass it over to my dad, and so everybody can hear his awesome story. So, uh, dad, go ahead and tell tell us about yourself. All right, son. Man, I, I was enjoying your story. I tell you what, that's just fantastic, y'all. Uh, man, just so honored, everybody, and blessed really to be here. Uh, you know, when you have an opportunity to help people, and then you know, blessed to to, to be in business with your son, and um, it's really, really phenomenal, right? Because this young guy, man, has been none but honorable and respectful uh, towards me and his entire family. And and now, you know, he kind of he's spearheading champions for veterans. And that's that's important because I guarantee you, I would not be here talking to you uh, on this video had it not been for Geno Johnson. I'm telling you straight up, wouldn't be here. So. Uh, and then you'll hear the, the champion for veterans story in just a little bit. I'll tell you about how we ended up, uh, you know, really helping veterans all over the world get their VA benefits, right? So my background is uh, I am actually from a, a little town in East Texas called Marietta, Texas. Now, we don't say it like that. We say Marietta. You know, yeah, Marietta, you know, yeah, Marietta. It's a population of 112. and uh, I didn't grow up in the town. I grew up five miles outside the town on a little dirt road, right? And uh, so grew up in that town. I was actually born in Dallas, but grew up in that town. And when I was about seventh grade, I saw a movie that changed my life. I saw a movie called The Green Berets, right? John Wayne started in this movie. And I had no idea what a Green Beret was. I just knew I wanted to be one because I saw John, my hero. Rock on, as they say, a little while longer. I joined the Army at the age of 17. And I always tell people, you know, you really, in order to be successful in life, you have to be willing to go through your failures, but still willing to keep fighting even when you do fail. Because the ASVAB test to join the Army, I took it my junior year and failed. I know. I failed the test to join the Army. Well, how bad was I in school? <laughs> you know? And then had to restudy. In my senior year, took it again and ended up passing. I made it barely enough to join. You know? I mean, I, about, I just got over the threshold of, 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 of joining the Army, right? And... Uh, Ended up serving in the military, had a phenomenal career. You know, I uh, was, uh, you know, infantry guy, if you know about that, you know, carrying weapons. Ended up, you know, becoming a drill sergeant at the age of 21 years old. I graduated from drill sergeant school, which is still crazy for me to think about today. I graduated drill sergeant school at 21 years old, uh, became an Army drill sergeant, left there, uh, became a ranger, went to ranger school and served two years in the ranger battalion, Bravo Company first in the 75th, which is, you know, a high speed commando unit. 
And I left there and, and went through the Special Forces qualification course and became a Green Beret. Ended up serving the 7th Special Forces Group, uh, served 11 years as a Green Beret, uh, ended up with 120 jumps out of airplanes. Now, my goal, really, I will tell you guys, I wanted to do 30-plus years in, become the first African-American to be Sergeant Major of the Army. I did not want to get out at 20. I'm a true lifer in every sense of the word. Right. I love the army. It wasn't no like it wasn't no it was OK. It wasn't no well, I get to put it. No, no, no. Yeah. Let me let me. I love the army. Now, just like any job, you don't love everything about it. But 90 percent of what I did, I love. I love jump out of airplanes. I love, you know, being a special forces weapons guy, special ops, traveling around South and Central America, jumping out of planes in the middle of the night in the jungles of Panama, Honduras, Bolivia. Loved it. But something happened. I hurt my back. I actually hurt my back in 1987 in the Ranger Battalion. Look, one of the most embarrassing times of my life. Get this picture. I just got to the Ranger Battalion. And, you know, you're trying to, to be the best you can in that unit and you want to be great. And hurt my back while running PT and my back locked up on me like that. And they had to carry me down to see the doctor, right? Dressed me in everything, which was really bad, embarrassing, and carried me to the doctor. And that started my back being really messed up. And uh, by the time I had 20 years in the Army, I literally couldn't hardly walk to the mailbox. So I had to retire at 20. Uh, didn't want to retire at 20, but I just couldn't. Like like these football players, you see them, you know, they're hanging on, playing 15 years. And that last year they played, you know, like they can't play no more. That was me. I just couldn't do it anymore. So I retired at 20. And, and really that, that started this journey, the VA journey, the Champions for Veterans, which I didn't know. But when I retired, uh, it took me, you know, it gave me 10% disability after 120 jumps out of planes. It basically took me 17 years to make it to 100%. Um, I wrote about it, started volunteering, helping people. So fast forward to around May of 2020, uh, my son had called me May or June and asked me what I was doing. At that time, he was working for a major corporation and 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 uh, doing very well, you know, financially. And I said, well, son, I'm, I'm, I'm helping guys get their VA benefits. Now I said, he's a civilian. He knew nothing about this. So I literally had to explain what everything that entailed that I was doing and teaching. And he automatically said, well, dad, we can put that online and make it a course. And I was like, son, are you sure? You know, I don't know, you know. And so he drove from Atlanta to South Louisiana, stayed here at the house for a week and made me believe we could do what we're doing today. And I had already been helping people. I've been volunteering for three years. I worked with 20 people. I helped 10 of them to get to 100 percent. So I knew what I was doing was solid. I just didn't see the big picture. This is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I want to kick it to my son. And I want to ask him this question. You know, son, we had never even had a conversation about VA benefits. What made you believe in the first conversation that we had about VA benefits that we could make it into a course and teach people around the world what we're doing today? What happened on that conversation? 
So, you know, that's a great question. I remember, you know, uh, around that time um, back in 2020, you know, I was really thinking about just entrepreneurship. I love I love to just do different things, solve problems, just make an impact. And I was also kind of I had already experienced an online Mm -hmm. course. And so I had signed up for an online course that was helping with stocks. And so um, actually online education was just something that I wasn't super familiar with uh, until probably a couple months before we even had that conversation. The kind of just like the, the, the mass of it, it's a growing industry, just the opportunity and ability to be able to share information that helps people online. Because the internet mm-hmm. is just, it's a big thing. You can do so many different things on it, but mm-hmm. it's cool that you can be educated. Of course, everybody can go Google, you can learn different things. And so to hear what you were saying, you said, okay, you were helping people with a particular topic, VA benefits, and it was life-changing. I'm thinking you're one man teaching, getting on calls, maybe getting on Zoom, sending emails, going back and forth. Like there's something about what you're teaching as standard because you're teaching pretty much the same thing. Everybody, of course, you kind of change it depending on the person. But a lot of what you were teaching was pretty consistent. Plus, it was life changing and it wasn't easy to obtain this information all at one place. And so, you know, it was that's kind of some of the things that I thought about. And just in that one conversation, when you told me, wow, like you can get VA benefits and it helps you and your family. You, you get financial benefits, medical benefits. Kids can go to college for free. I'm like, wow, like every service member who should be, you know, eligible for these things should know exactly what they need to do to get them. And the fact that it wasn't so easy to obtain that information and you knew it and you had it all put together. I'm like, yeah, we can put it all together and help even more people. And, you know, uh, since that conversation, you know, I know you said you had helped probably about 20 people in that, in that three-year period, 10 of them got to hundred percent. And, Ever since then, this is uh, early December 13th. Right now, we're recording this 2021. We have over 400 uh, veterans in our program and uh, just continuing to get stories of lives being changed. So it is pretty amazing when we think about that conversation. And when I came down to Louisiana and we thought about all these ideas and how we can put this together to kind of to see it evolve now and not even a year and a half of doing it. So it's been really cool. Yeah. I mean, y- y'all, you got to understand it was amazing because uh, at that particular time and y'all, and I want you to hear from. A, so I'm going to talk from a father's standpoint. Right. Now, picture this. Here's my son. He's got a master's in accounting. He's a CPA. He's working for a major corporation. Um, he's making more money for that at that time than I made during my working life in a job. And in one conversation on the phone. He tells me, well, great, Dad. I'm going to leave my job. We're going to turn this into a business. One conversation. Now, let me tell you what I felt. I felt, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Son, son, think about this, man. I mean, you got this big corporate job. You're making good money. You're CPA. And I'm thinking, oh, God. And really what I thought, my mama, his grandmama, if this thing flops, I'm going to hear it from her. That boy had a good job making <laughs> good money. And you had him leave that job and come in this foolish thing with you in this business. Boy, you done messed his life up. All I could hear was my mama's voice. I'm telling you. So so, so it was not something. I mean, 
when we first started, he came here and he he was committed. I mean, he came here. And he was like, you know, and I don't know what his last day of work was. What was it? July to what was your last day? I think July 17th. July 17th. Yep. <laughs> July 17th, 2020. So he comes here in the house in June and he's like, yeah, dad, I'm out. July the 17th is my last day of work. And I'm sitting here going, oh my God, son. I mean, I, I was committed, but I wasn't, I wasn't that committed until he got that committed. Right. Cause now I was like, oh my God, this has got to work. Now you have to understand. I knew I was helping veterans. I've been helping vets for three years. I was not uh, concerned about how we do what we do as far as the lesson lessons and what I teach. I knew it was powerful and I knew I was helping, but this is a whole nother thing when your son leaves his job and then you got to make this work. And I want to fast forward, you know, to, to just the first, uh, really month, man, of opening this up. Guys, we had no online course. Uh, we made our first phone calls, Zoom calls, talking to veterans all around the country, telling them that we were going to have an online course. And basically, when we were going to start teaching the first lesson, and I taught the first, I think, six uh, six lessons live on Zoom, and veterans would come in and look at those. Le- I taught them live on Zoom. And uh, and we had, uh, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, so I know we had about 20 people sign up for the initial the initial course, yep. right? Yep. yep. Yeah, and so I was blown away uh, that 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 many people that didn't know me would just sign up for that course. I mean, right off the right, boom, they signed up, and and uh, it was it was incredible for me because I will tell you straight up right now, I'm a dreamer, I'm a motivational speaker, I travel, I do this, but you know, my son made me believe even more um, because. I was really, you know, I was shaky, not because I didn't think we had value or we could help people. I was shaky because here's the young man that left his good job <laughs> to jump in and be full time in this. And you got to understand from a, from a dad's perspective, you know, I'm this retired guy already. Right. So, you know, what, what other questions you got, son? Because this is pretty good. What you got? Man, uh, this is this is awesome. Yeah, you know, I, for, before we get into more questions, I wanted to mention, you know, for any any other uh, entrepreneurs, folks trying to go out there and start businesses, you know, telling you that story is really cool. We, you know, we started this in the middle of the pandemic, didn't make any money or anything on the front end, didn't know how we were going to do all of that, but had a dream and a vision. But I will say, I had a little bit of savings, so I wasn't out there just <laughs> trying to figure it out with nothing. Thank, thank God, you know, I was able to kind of have a little bit of savings up front. So, uh, but when we started going, it definitely was amazing. So, you know, uh, but, you know, I want, I want to definitely kick it back to you and, and just, you know, going back to your story, just of just your service, like from growing up in Texas, going into the military, you know, just uh, what were you thinking when you said, hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get in the military from, from going from the small town, like what, what really drove you to that decision? Uh, to just get into outside. Of, I know you watched that movie Green Beret, right? And so, like, what was it about that that really just got you passionate about this? Well, I mean, really, you know, seventh grade, the Green Beret was like a starting point. It was a, an ignition, right? Yeah. You know, I saw somebody who I felt would in John Wayne that embodied this American hero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, my God, I didn't even know what a Green Beret was. I mean, growing up in East Texas, 
country boy. I had no idea. Had nobody in my family that was a Green Beret. I had my uncle that was in the military and, and some family members, and but I didn't know anything about it. But I, I always tell young people, you got a vision, get a vision of being something even more than you think you can. They'll drive you to be better. Mm-hmm. So even at seventh grade, I saw that movie. I started doing push-ups, running up and down my dirt road, exercising, uh, you know, walking differently because I wanted that. I didn't know everything I would have to go to to become that. But I, and it was very difficult to become a Green Beret. My 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 aptitude scores were too low. I told you I flunked the test to join the army. OK, so so I definitely didn't have enough scores aptitude wise to become a Green Beret when I joined. So I ended up taking it as a, a total of four additional times. So I took it five times wow. to, to raise my scores, to to have enough to become a Green Beret. I had to take that test, go to night school, relearn, you know, fractions and math and stuff that I missed in school because I was messing around. Right. And I always tell people, you know. You, you literally fail your way to the top. And, mm-hmm. and, and every time I failed the ASVAB and didn't make enough, I just got back in and, and studied some more, you know, five different times. Yeah. You know, I failed the swim test when I was trying to become a ranger a couple of times. Failed the swim test. Had to relearn. So the lesson for that for people is, you know, failure only happens when you decide you're done. Yeah. If you decide you're not done, you hadn't failed yet. It's just a lesson you get to learn. All right. And you back up, you regroup and you get focused and you go again. But you got to have. Listen, I always used to tell soldiers, you got to be tough as woodpecker lips. You got to be hard as woodpecker lips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of a woodpecker pecking on a tree and, and going through a tree. You got to be hard as woodpecker lips to make it. And sometimes you fall. But you got to get back up because just because you fall down doesn't mean you stay down. See? Mm -hmm. And so uh, becoming a Green Beret and definitely, you know, being a being one of the few African-Americans that was a Green Beret and a Ranger in the Ranger Battalion. uh, It it was special uh, because there were just so many phenomenal Americans in those units and very few, very few African-Americans. But I, I knew I had value. I knew I could do it. I knew that, you know, my thing about what I loved about the military, for the most part, the military is a meritocracy. It's based on merit, right? So if I can beat you doing push-ups, if I can hang with you running, if I can go and do these things that, 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 that you know, you tell me what the task, condition, and the standard is, if I can go do it, well, I'm qualified for it. It doesn't matter what my color uh, gender, it doesn't matter. And so I tell people all the time, I think the U.S. Army and, and the military is one of the greatest meritocracies in America. Doesn't matter who my family, doesn't matter, you know, my dad, my mom, influence they had. Hey, can you can you run 10 miles with this 35-pound rucksack on in the range today? Yes, sir. Will you pass the test? Wow. So I love that. And, and I learned when I retired from the military, civilian life is not really like that. <laughs> you know, that's why I continue to work for myself for the most part, all except for a couple of years working for a corporation since I've been retired. But I would tell everybody out there, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world. We do. 
I've traveled to many different countries. I know we got our issues, but I'm telling you right now, it's the greatest country in the world. I mean, what a small town boy like me from Marietta, Texas, population 112, can, you know, be in a situation where I learned enough throughout my military career and including growing up and how to put together a program like we have with Champions for Veterans that absolutely changed lives. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you talk about, and then, you know, the vision that, 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 that my son has had, uh, again, look, I thought I was a visionary until this man named Geno Johnson told me we could do this. And I learned for a certain extent, yeah, I am a visionary, but I learned also I was scared to move forward. I said scared. <laughs> <laughs> but we moved forward anyway. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome stuff. And you know, um, <clears throat> you know, with combos for heroes, you know, we, we love to hear these stories and kind of get into this. And plus, you know, some of our listeners. A lot of our listeners are going to be civilians. We're going to have service members. We're going to have some civilians listening to this. So t- tell somebody who doesn't, doesn't know anything about a Green Beret. What is a Green Beret? How does that training, how does it, how do you get into that? And like, what, what do Green Berets do? T- tell us about that. Yeah. Oh, thank you, son. So, you know, when you take a look at, I'm just going to talk about the U.S. Army um, Special Operations Community, right? So, you know, you have airborne troopers, uh, they jump out of airplanes and do many other things. Then you got your Rangers, you know, the Ranger Battalion, which I served in, which is a commando unit and uh, three different battalions and, and, and it's high speed and very tough to get in. I served in that for two years. And then you have the Green Berets, which is a whole nother level of training. OK. And then after that, you got Delta Force. Uh, but let's talk about the Green Berets. So. What the Green Berets do, they're a force multiplier, right? A lot of, yes, they do missions where they actually jump and do different things, direct action missions where they kick doors in and do that. But the main thing Green Berets do is train other forces on how to fight. So an example is I, I would I operate in South and Central America. So we would go to various countries and train their armies on how to, to fight. And, and Green Berets do that all over the world. So when you hear the term American advisors in a certain part, that's a lot of Green Berets. It could be other people, of course. But when you hear American advisors, we're there advising those troops how to fight and how to defend their country. And so the exciting part of becoming a Green Beret, again, is very, very difficult. The academic standards are high even to get in. And once you get in, there's a, a course called a Special Forces Assessment and Selection. Now, when I went through, you understand, I, uh, I went through that course in 1988. That's when it started, SFAS. I think I was in the third SFAS course to get that they had, me and my buddies. Okay. And so uh, it was three weeks. It was miserable. Team drills, a lot of crazy stuff. And I got to tell this story about, you know, being being in that course because you'll get how tough it is. Right. So it was three weeks long. At the end of the course, uh, uh, we do a road march that night 
The next day, the course is over. So we do this road march till we get to a lake at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. We get to this lake at about six o'clock in the morning. This is the middle of December, 1988. Very cold, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, we get to this lake. The instructor says, prepare your poncho raft. Now let me explain what that is. You take your rucksack off your back, which it will float. You take all your dry stuff, including your boots and your socks, and you stuff it in your rucksack, okay, in a waterproof bag, maybe a trash bag. You buddy it up with your buddy's rucksack, and you wrap them both in ponchos, and you tie it up so no water gets in. So when you put these two heavy things in the water, it will float. That's a poncho raft, two rucksacks. Now, at that time, we're standing there with a shirt on and pants, no socks on. I'm thinking they're bluffing. They're not going to make us swim this lake. For one, I don't see a safety boat. I know I came from the Ranger Battalion. You got to have a safety boat and you got to have a guy out there in scuba gear to even do this. That's the regulation because if somebody drowns, you got to have a guy to go get them. Right? So I'm thinking they're bluffing. They're not going to make us swim this lake. It's freezing cold. They're just bluffing. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear this boat come. And I know that sound of that, that boat. And that motor coming up. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, God, there's the boat. And the sun was just coming up. The sun was coming up. And I could see the boat out there. And I'm thinking, they ain't bluffing. They're going to make us swim the lake. All of a sudden, the instructor says, all right, men, get in, swim the lake, go across. Oh, my God. <laughs> we had several guys quit right then and there. We had several quit. And I just turned to my buddy and said, swim. And we jumped in. And I'm having, I, I grabbed the raft with my left hand. All right. And I start side stroking with my right hand. And have you ever been so cold that when you jump in water, you, you, <laughs> you know, every, every, everything, everything froze up. Wow. We get to the other side of the lake. The instructors had a fire going. And I can remember being so cold, I could not even open up my, my bag and get to my dry clothes. You, wow. you just, everything on you is cold. So that's what part of becoming a Green Beret is. And then, you know, they'll break you down into what's called jobs. Uh, I became a weapon specialist. Uh, that's another school you go to. You have an engineer. Okay. You have a communications guy on the team. And then you have a medic. And all these are different courses you go through once you're in. And then you come together after a year or so and you do another training and then you make it to a team where you get language training and things like that. But the fascinating part of being a Green Beret, even when I went through the course back in 1988, SFAS and 89 graduating, they said back then it was $1 million per soldier to train us. Wow. Back then, $1 million. And I always like to say, I don't know of any university in the country, you know, uh, I mean, it's probably some, it's a million, but, but, but very few, you're going to pay a million dollars to, to, to get a college degree. Yeah. So the majority of guys that I know that are special forces, and I'm not saying it because I'm one, but they're very intelligent, uh, 
I mean, they're very intelligent people and can think on their feet, critical thinking skills, because when they take us to a foreign country, sometimes you're operating with just you and one other person, you know, away from everybody. And you have to be able to think on your feet and be able to talk to the people out there, uh, maybe on the quote, quote, lower end of society, maybe the poor people one day, and then the next day you're at the embassy talking to someone at the U.S. embassy in that foreign country, giving them a briefing. So it's very different. It's not just go and run through a wall. It's, well, maybe I don't need to run through that wall. Maybe I can go around it and, you know, do something different. So <laughs> that's what Green Berets do. Hey, veterans, did you realize that most veterans are at least 30% underrated on their VA disability rating? That may be you. If it is, I want to teach you the Ranger method. So go to championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation today. Listen, I was that guy. You see the uniform, retired U.S. Army Ranger and Green Beret. When I retired, I was at 10% disability with 120 jumps out of airplanes and a jacked up back. So I wanna help you. Don't waste time. Go there now, championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation. This is Ranger Johnson telling you to stay in the fight! Wow. I mean, that's just, that's an amazing story, you know, and, you know, it's cool kind of hearing it and just asking these questions because, you know, uh, I've heard my dad's story here and there, but it's always cool to hear it all. You know, I think about just the story of coming from where you came from, having to take the ASFAB multiple times and to be able to be in one of the, the, the most amazing, just groups within the military and the Green Beret is just kind of seeing you just go from from where you were to where you got to. I mean, your story just is is inspirational, you know, and it definitely inspired me to always work hard, give my all. I know growing up, uh, I I, I think the word can't was probably, we could never use the word can't. I just, (laughs) because, you know, we're going to always believe we can do what we got to do and and just always continue to move forward and work hard. And of course, anybody listening, you know, growing up in a house with a green beret and drill sergeant ranger all 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 of that you know it's it's uh it's it's hard to not be a hard worker trying to get your all and everything you do so i I wonder if anybody people are probably wondering i mean you 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 became a ranger and a green beret is that normal to do both and what made Uh, you do that not necessarily i mean you get quite a few guys that do uh do both of them uh and when i say you understand you can go to ranger school you can get a ranger tab uh, it's very different getting a ranger tab and going to the ranger battalion. It's not the same thing. Okay. Quite a few people give ranger tabs. I mean, I say a few. It's not that many compared to the military, but to go to the ranger battalion, serve in, in one of the ranger battalions, which there are three different ranger battalions, first, second, and third battalion, uh, you know, uh, to, to serve in one of the ranger battalions or the regimental headquarters is very, very different. And then also to go become a Green Beret or go on to other things, you know, Delta, uh, you know, quite I, I knew several guys that did it, quite a few. But now compared to the numbers in the military, it's not that many. Um, but again, I mean, look, guys, I, what I tell people all the time is I had so many great leaders to train me. You know, you got to have mentors in life. Right. Mm. I can remember uh, uh, God rest his soul, one of my mentors over in Germany. And, you know, 
when I when I was over there, I mean, you know, he he would tell me I could go do more, I could be more, mm-hmm. and he laid out for me. Uh, I, I, you know, when I, I was a young guy at that time, uh, 19, 20 years old, and I was going to leave Germany and become a ranger, uh, Green Beret when I left Germany. And, you know, uh, you know, this mentor said, no, you, you're going to you, you're going to go and uh, be a drill sergeant. Because becoming a drill sergeant, you're going to learn how to how to write paperwork. Listen to what he says, son. You're going to learn how to give instructions and write method of instruction. What what do we do? What do we do with producing this program and Champions for Veterans, the Ranger Method? It's a method of instruction that I wrote. I learned that as a drill sergeant, how to write a course, how to teach a course. And so at the age of 21, this guy, you know, I was actually 20 when I applied. I was 21 when I graduated from drill sergeant school because of a mentor who yeah. sent me down and, and really went and got the paperwork for me to fill out and said, sign here. Mm. And that's how I got to drill sergeant school. I didn't volunteer. I got voluntold. Mm. Right? I got voluntold to go be an army drill sergeant because the way my mentor explained it was, this is going to be your, 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 your baseline. This is going to be your foundation. After you become a drill sergeant and you do that for two years, go and do anything you want in the Army because you will understand process. Mm. So my issue with people, many people don't want to learn process and whatever it is to be successful in this YouTube generation and, and, and Instagram and everything like that. We want it tomorrow. We want it the next day. No, I, it was, it was, it was go to drill sergeant school for, for at that time, it was like 11 weeks. Uh, and I graduated that course in 1984 and then two years as a drill sergeant training soldiers uh, to become warriors. And then, but that gave me a depth of knowledge on instruction and communicating that I would not have gotten in any other way. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it opened the door for me to go to Ranger School and learn and go to become a Green Beret and be a, 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 a master instructor, you know, at all these different places, becoming an Army drill sergeant. And it's not something people talk about a lot, but I can tell you right now, the value of that training alone, uh, I can just say for a fact, we wouldn't be sitting here today had I not went to drill sergeant school. Wow. Period. Period. Because, you know, people see the Ranger and they see the Green Beret, but but really the platform that I use in my teaching and writing and instructing all came from becoming a U.S. Army drill sergeant. Absolutely. Wow. You know, but being a drill sergeant is not, quote, the cool part. The people like the Ranger and the Green Beret, and I get it. I get it. But the, the educational portion of that came from drill sergeant school and being a drill sergeant, no doubt about it. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, just kind of you just you hit on a really a couple of really good and key points, I think, that are important just for anybody to know the importance of having a mentor, somebody that can see where you can go and to see the value in you and also to know what you want to do. Right. And kind of understand you and then kind of lay the path out for you and there hold your hand and say, hey, this is what you need to do and just tell you to go ahead and go for it. So that's so important. It's, it's just it's, it's amazing. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I've had several, you know, and I talk about them in my books, you know, that was Sergeant Higgs in Germany. I talk about First Sergeant Sloan. You know, I remember I remember him with my first first Sergeant, first Sergeant Sloan. And I'll never forget uh, First Sergeant Sloan, we we're out picking up trash. And he was an E8 First Sergeant. And I'll never forget I was a private. And I saw this man bent over and pick up some trash. And then he looked at us and said, the rank on my collar has nothing to do with my back being able to bend and serve. And I thought, wow, he was a rankingest enlisted guy in the company, but he could bend over and pick up trash. Mm-hmm. See, never think more highly of yourself than you are. Mm-hmm. Always be able to, to not only identify with the people that you're serving, but help them out so they see you're not, you know, have your nose in the air and so high-minded you think of yourself better than them. Mm-hmm. And so great leaders don't put themselves on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Great leaders say, let's go work together. Come on, follow me. Let's go do it. I'm, a, I'm getting my hands dirty too. Let's go. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And and to me, having the mentors that I've had, like, you know, first Sergeant Sloan, Sergeant Higgs, you know, Sergeant Carson, you know, Command Sergeant Major Mike Jefferson in the Green Berets. I mean, Iron Mike. These, these are people that you would not know me had those people not helped me because no one makes it to the top alone. See, this is why I tell people there's in my opinion, now in my opinion, there's no such thing as a self-made anything. Hmm. Self-made millionaire. Really? So no one ever taught you anything in your life. You were just born and you knew it. Right. Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't exist. Yeah, you got to have some fight. You got to have some backbone. You got to have some grit. Absolutely. But you don't get anywhere without the instructions of someone. Mm -hmm. And so that's the great thing about life. We're always learning. We're always getting better. We should always be improving. Hey, listen, I tell everybody, man, you know, we're not done yet. Mm -hmm. Every time we get a veteran that calls us, or an email, and they state, I went from, you know, 10 to 80 or 50 to 90 or 80 to 100%. This is what we know. We change their lives forever. Yeah. And the feeling that I get being a part of Champions for Veterans and working with my son and working with veterans all over the world, oh, my God. It's, it's very inspirational because literally every day when I get up, I'm like, man, we're changing lives. We're making a difference in somebody's life. And and t- w- w- what better feeling is that, son? What better feeling is that? It's hard to even define. It's amazing. It's yeah, <laughs> hard yeah. to explain that feeling. I mean, you're right. I mean, getting getting those emails that, you know, literally people tell us that we changed their lives. You know, I mean, you feel good. I mean, saying you feel good is, is one thing, but that doesn't explain the the the. you got a feeling you're excited, you're amazed, you're humble. You know, you, you think about that person's life and, you know, however old they are, you know, their, their families may be impacted. Their children may be going to college for free. They the, the things that they didn't 
that they could have maybe gone through as a result of them not getting their benefits. Now they're not yeah. going through that. And that, you know, who knows? We don't, we can't tell you what maybe somebody mm-hmm. could have gone through had it not been for our services, but we know for sure that there are things they're not going to have to spend money on things are going to be less stressful as a result. And, and to know, to even think about all that, it just, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm filled with excited, excitement, emotion, and joy just to be able to be a part of that story. And so it's amazing. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I like to share and we got so many, but but I like to share a story of just, you know, one couple that we helped, uh, Mr. John and Miss Pam. And, you know, as a motivational speaker, this was b- before we started the, the, the actual online course. Um, I, I met Miss Pam at a school district because I do motivational speaking. And I was in a school district one day in uh, South Louisiana, and I had my Ranger hat on. You vet, you got to shine everywhere you go. You got to have your headgear on or a shirt on, right? You got to shine. So I was in the school district shining with my Ranger hat on, and uh, she saw me. And we started, I had to see her about some things I was working on at the district. And she, in the middle of the conversation, she looked at me and said, do you know anybody that can help my husband get his VA benefits? Now, you got to understand at that particular time, I'd only help two people get their VA benefits, two. And I looked at her and, 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 and got his name. And I said, Miss Pam, uh, here's my phone number. Have Mr. John call me. And they live locally. And I said, I'll come by your house and help. I mean, I'll come over and help. She says, thank you. She says, he's been at 10% since Vietnam. Mm-hmm. 46 years after Vietnam, he was still at 10%. Mm-hmm. Combat vet, infantryman, right. So I, I drive to their house. They live local. And I get over their house, son, and I walk in. And in a FedEx pouch on their kitchen table was his medical records from the VA for 46 years. In a FedEx pouch five inches thick medical records. Mm. I've never seen medical records that thick in my life, first off. Mm. I was blown away. And I sit down with Miss Pam and we started working together and we went over her house several times. And and I'm so excited and honored to say that couple got to 100% within 90 days. Mm. Wow. 90 days. I'm talking about 10% for 46 years. Yeah. And and what did it do for their lives? Miss Pam was able to retire, be there with Mr. John, be there with him and helping him out. See, it's not just about you hear about these are the real stories of real people yeah. that, that we change lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things going back to that first conversation I had with my dad being a civilian, not understanding the VA system and what these benefits entail. You know, if you don't right. know, if you don't know what that means, you know, the a VA rating goes from about zero to 100 percent. It goes from zero to 100 um, percent. And, you know, if the, as you increase your percentages, you get financial benefits, medical benefits, different things, depending on your state, where you live, things of that nature. Um, you can have you know, you cannot have to pay certain taxes, lower the taxes on your, your property taxes on your home. And, you know, 100% gets you, you know, now just, just over at least about $3,400 a month going into 2022 with the new rates. 
as a single vet. So that's actually the minimum. It increases based on your number of dependents. So it, it can be it can be uh, much higher than that. But as you can imagine, you know, for a couple who's who's older, having th- over three thousand, uh, about thirty five hundred or so dollars coming in every month as a result of their service, because his, you know, Mr. John, he served in Vietnam, right? You know, he had things that were on his body that, you know, he uh, was still dealing with as a result of his service. And so these benefits are because of heroes serving serving their country, giving them their health, and it still has an impact. And thankfully the VA is set up to be able to take care of them, uh, of all of you guys, um, because because you gave your body for for your country, right? And it's a really amazing thing to be able to have that benefit and uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing the, the level of benefits that you get. And that's those kind of benefits are life changing. Like I mentioned, you know, another benefit, your kids can go to college for free. You're at 100 percent. Your kids are going to college. They, they don't have to pay tuition. Right. And so, of course, it varies depending on the state where you where you are. Sometimes you can get that benefit at 70 percent. I think like in Texas, there's that you can get it at a lower rating up to 90 percent sometimes in different states as well. So, of course, you have to look at that for your particular state. Right. But right. You right. don't realize that. I mean, to kind of hear that my dad was teaching people and changing their lives and helping them get these kind of benefits uh, back when he was doing it for three years. And now we started the organization. So he's been doing this for over four years now, being a part of this. And now I get to be a part of this. You help people get that kind of income. That's life changing, right? That 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 kind of takes a little bit of the stress off, you know, and a, a lot of the stress depending on the situation, right? And so it's uh, it's pretty incredible stuff, you know. And, and I love that we're we're, be, we're able to be a part of it. And of course, being able to do this with my dad is also it's just amazing as well. And so, you know, uh, you know, I want to get back to your story. You spent 20 years in the Army, right? 20 years in the mm-hmm. service. You know, t- t- tell the folks about what you've been doing since you left the service. You know, motivational speaker, as you guys can hear, you know, he's a motivator on this call. And he, he, he has a lot of solid information. But give, give us a little bit of information about what you've been doing since you left the service. Yeah. So let me let me see. Since I left the military, I started uh, writing and publishing books. And uh, that's what I do on, you know, rangerjohnson.com is where you can find my books, rangerjohnson.com. And, you know, I started uh, going and speaking with kids. That's really the primary thing that we do. Also in ministry, prison ministry. Um, for, I started doing that before I got out, right? So got to give you that story, you know. Oftentimes someone sees something in you even more than you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. And. I was actually coaching one of my other sons in football, Justin. And one of the ladies in that community, Miss Jackson, she was actually a school uh, counselor at another school, a little school. You know, I'm talking about K through five. And uh, she saw me and she says, you know, Ranger, can you come out and talk to my kids? I had never spoken with kids at kindergarten before. And uh, so I go there end of year. I think around 1997, 98, and I speak to this kindergarten class. I didn't even know what to do, but I came up with this idea, right? And I wouldn't do it today because I see it's dangerous now. I didn't know that, right? So I had all these pencils put together, these pencils. And I had a whole, I had one. And I brought a little a little ball up. And I said, go ahead and break the pencil. You know, he popped, he broke it. Now I wasn't thinking, could pop it in the eye. I, I didn't think that one out. <laughs> after i did it went oh i probably shouldn't have done that but then i put together about 20 pencils together in a rubber band I said go ahead and break that and of course he couldn't so i taught a class on unity and i had the kids stand up saying something about unity 
And little did I know when I left her that day, Miss Jackson would call me back and say, you know, you got some pounds. Now, I got to tell the story like this so you get it. Miss Jean, little, little, little white lady, she stood about that tall on me. And she said, now, you're a black man. I said, I know that, Miss Jackson. I know, I know that. She says, no, listen to me. You have a positive effect on these kids. And they need to see somebody that looks like you come talk to them. And so she kept at me during that summer. Could I come back? Now, by that time, I had about 18 and a half years in the Army. Uh, I was literally in one of those post-retirement jobs where I just could kind of go in, you know, a couple of days a week and and show my face. And, you know, I couldn't jump out of planes anymore. So I was kind of in that kind of job. But I started volunteering uh, two days a week to talk to those little kids. At Riley Road Elementary School, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And little did I know that would lead to, to the life I live now. As I was getting ready to leave the school one day, I'll never forget the day that my life changed. And I knew I would do this for the rest of my life. I would always have the kids stand up and motivate them. Again, I had my uniform on because I was still in the military. Had my camouflage uniforms on. So as I'm getting ready to leave the school that day, this little old boy comes up and he grabs my left kneecap. And I look down at him and he's wrapped around my kneecap. This is kindergarten, y'all. He says, he looks up at me and says, Coach Johnson, I love you. I said, oh, oh, little John, I love you too. Now, have you ever had that, you know, that knot come up in your throat where you knew you was not to cry, you knew you was about to holler? Like, because I don't cry, I holler. <laughs> I knew I felt that knot come up in my throat, son. And I said, okay, little Johnny, I love you too. And normally I understood the protocol and I would stop by the, the main office and tell Miss Jackson, thank you. The kids were great today. See you next week. Not this day. I busted out of that door, got in my old van and started driving back home. And all of a sudden it hit me. And I started crying like I was at a funeral. And I pulled over on the side of the road and was just crying. Because in my mind, this may have been the first time this young man had a, 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 a man of God, love him, show him respect, treated him with honor. And he just, he, he loved it. He loved it. And I got home and told my wife, again, this was 1998. I said, baby, I don't know what I'm going to do when I retire in about a year and a half. But it's got to be something dealing with kids. Fast forward, I retired in 2000. Miss Jean uh, left that school and she went to a juvenile prison called Morrison County Correctional Institute in the Sand Hills of North Carolina. And I know uh, she asked me, could I come out and do a motivational speech for some boys? And I did. And I walked in and I gave this incredible speech from a poem I've memorized called Common Man. And I said, I choose not to be a common man. It's my right to be uncommon if I can. I seek opportunity not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen humbling dull for having the statement after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I 
refuse to live from hand to mouth. I prefer the challenges of life to a guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I would never cower before master nor bend to any threat. It's my heritage to stand erect, proud, bold, unafraid to face the world and say, this God has done. And I did that at that prison. Awesome. I did that at that prison, son. And those boys were standing up saying that. Wow. They were getting their GED. They were graduating, getting their GED, and I was a guest speaker. And I left there and drove home, and the same thing happened. I called Miss Jean back, and I said, uh, Miss Jean, I, I got this crazy idea. I want to come there and do a leadership course at the prison, a, a, maybe a four- or five-week leadership course, and we have a graduation. And I want to teach them how to shake hands, how to write business plans, how to be businessmen. And she said, sure. Again, I volunteered, went back and did that. And that was the genesis of, of, of our, our company, Champions Within Kingdom Builders and the RangerJohnson.com. Just volunteer. I volunteered for three years again, helping kids, not getting paid a dime. See? And, and, and it's amazing when I tell people about, you know, what we do in Champions for Veterans. And in every business that we have today that we, that we own, all started out volunteering. Mm. What can we do to help? Mm. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have an idea of making money. It was just like, okay, this, here's here's a problem. I can help fix this. Let me go fix it. And guys, there's nothing wrong with making money and having business. I'm I'm a business guy. I get it. But what I always tell people, I love this Bible verse, Proverbs 18, uh, 18, 16 says, a man's gift, make it room for him and bring it him before great men. Well, what is your gift? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. My gift is to motivate, communicate, speak, empower. And the only thing that we've done with Champions for Veterans is what, what, with my son's leadership is put me in a platform that now I'm just doing what I do to help veterans. Hey, veterans. Did you realize that most veterans are at least 30% underrated on their VA disability rating? That may be you. If it is, I want to teach you the Ranger method. So go to championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation today. Listen, I was that guy. You see the uniform, retired U.S. Army Ranger and Green Beret. When I retired, I was at 10% disability with 120 jumps out of airplanes and a jacked up back. So I want to help you. Don't waste time. Go there now, championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation. This is Ranger Johnson telling you to stay in the fight. Wow. I mean, so much, so much great stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Dad. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. As you all can see, I mean, you can see why he's my hero. And uh, I know he's a hero to so many. So I'm excited to be able to share your story, you know, on this podcast. And uh, so we, we, we've we got a few more minutes. So I want to kind of close it out with just a few questions, kind of rapid fire. But uh, just ask you some questions just to give some people some more insight. And uh, we want to kind of keep these questions going for other folks that we interview. So. Um, <laughs> So first question is, what do people misunderstand about the military the most? Yeah, I I just had a great conversation with another veteran about this actually last night. Uh, 
and we're talking about the military. And see, a lot of people think that in the military, the way get, to get people to do certain things is to call them names, call them out their names, yell, cuss them out, and they'll do it. No. Even in the military, you have to learn to motivate people, inspire them. And when you inspire people, they'll be willing to go through a 10-foot thick brick wall to accomplish a mission if you inspire. And so I keep this rock on my desk because when I was a drill sergeant, my troops gave me this, this rock. This is one of the most precious awards I got. I know you see, you know, the Green Beret and everything on my uniform, and 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 that's an honor and a blessing. But I keep this rock on my desk, and I've had I've had this rock for uh, so I got it back in the 1984-85. So I had a long time, man. I mean, a long time. And why do I keep this rock on my on my desk? Because my soldiers gave it. To me, and they looked at me at the end of graduation. They said, "Drill Sergeant Johnson, you can motivate a rock." Wow! And I thought, <laughs> I thought about it for a minute. Like, I can motivate a rock? Really, dog? That's an honor. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I said, I keep the rock on my desk. So people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. So that's why I tell people about the military. You know, when I see a, a quote manager or leader talking down to people, talking to people like they got a tail, like they're dogs, and you think you're going to get the best out of them and you're making them feel terrible, and you don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be talked to like that. Not that sometimes we don't have to be like, okay, let's go get it, but there's a way of doing that. And this is why I tell people leadership is an art and a science. Mm-hmm. And you got to study this stuff long enough to know. And that's, to me, what people don't understand about the military. They think it's all yelling and screaming and just talking to anybody any kind of way. No, it's just like real life, inspiring, motivating your people to accomplish the mission. Wow. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So you probably already already mentioned this one throughout this interview, but what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Wow. Uh, I'm going to tell you really discipline and structure, organizing your day every day, having a mission every day. Don't get up in the morning without a mission. Right. So what I teach young people, uh, make your bed up every morning. I know it sounds crazy. Okay, you thought you was going to hear something bigger than that. Why? Why make your bed up every morning? That's the first successful thing you're going to do every day. Mm -hmm. Make your bed. Mm -hmm. And then when you leave home and you come back to a a made up bed and a clean room, you feel better. Yeah. And making your bed up in the morning is success. Then wash your face, brush your teeth, put your clothes on. Right. These simple things and then having a written down goals every day. I went to a, a, a seminar many years ago, and, and God, I'm big into Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, all those guys. And I, and I went to a, a, a Tony Robbins seminar many, many years ago, and I heard him say, have written down goals on your calendar every day and take action. Mm-hmm. So I can literally tell you what I've done every day for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. 
if I get to my notebook, which I got in front of me, or my calendar sitting right here, I can tell you what I've done every day for 30 years, guaranteed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have a goal, write it down, scratch it off. I love what Jim Rohn says. You know, what does scratching off a goal do? It just makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wash my car. You know, I'm washing clothes. Oh, got it. Make me feel better. And then it moves you towards a bigger goal. Yeah. So if you don't have a written down goal, you're not real. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, so true. Anybody listen, I, I, I've i seen it. I've seen these notebooks, the workout notebooks, everything. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, all right. So in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait someone would need to be in the to be in the service or be successful in the military? Man, uh, to me, the most important, just just be relentless, man. Yeah. You know, the military, look, y'all, please understand this. The military, first of all, is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's just like when I graduated high school, going to college was not for me because I didn't understand study habits. Uh, yeah, I went on to get a college degree and I got one now. But when I first got out of high school, uh, going to college was not for me. And, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. The military is not for everybody. But what I'm going to tell you, you got to have in the military is be relentless. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be tough. You got to be able to go through hardship consistently and still keep a great attitude. Yeah. I mean, and if you can do that, you can go on and have a phenomenal career. So to me, it's just be relentless. I mean, fail your way to the top, retry again, fail again, keep going. Don't quit. Be relentless. Period. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, what's one lesson the military taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Wow. You know, that, that is a, that's a phenomenal question. Um, failure is not final. Yeah. I mean, that's. I hear all this stuff. People, oh, first time go. I got this first time. No, most of the things that I succeeded with in the military, I failed at a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the uniform now, but you don't see all the failures to get everything on the uniform. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see me uh, trying to learn how to swim. Y'all, y'all, you love this. Failure is not final. So 1980, when I joined the Army, they told me the roughest, toughest guys in the military were the Rangers. The Rangers. I said, wow, what does it take to be a Ranger? They said, well, you got to pass the swim test. I said, what, 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 what is that? I'm thinking it's bikini at the beach swim test. No, this is full uniform, boots, what's called LCE, and a weapon in your hand. So I had my squad to take me to Fullers Washington's pool and I jumped in thinking I could pass the swim test with no training because I was just in shape. I went straight to the bottom of the Fort Lewis pool and the hook of life came and got me. Has anyone ever had the hook of life come get them in a swimming pool? You know, I'm on the bottom of the pool saying, please, I don't want to die. Here comes the hook. Right. <laughs> but I had to be, you know, I understand failure wasn't final. Yeah. So I finally got some training years later. I graduated in ranger school in 1987. So it took me seven years to finally get what I wanted back in 1980. 
So failure is not final, man. Keep mm-hmm. going. Failure way to the top. Perse- you got to keep persevering. That's Perseverance. That's Dude. it. That's it. All right. This is the last question. When your life is over, what do you want people to remember you for? Wow. That's phenomenal, son. Thank you. Uh, first, I want them to say, you know, I was, I was a man of God. Mm-hmm. That I truly uh, love the Lord Jesus Christ. Not a perfect man, but, uh, you know, that would be the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how I treat my wife and how I treat my kids mm-hmm. and how I treat people. Yeah. And I tried to help, man, in, in all of our different businesses and what we do. We legitimately tried to help people and we help people. And we had a big heart and a concern and just a love for people. Yeah. And you know, I know there was more than one thing, but, you know, in that area, that that's that's what I want them to say, man. I, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. Um, and, you know, I go into prison when he went to prisons and he spoke with kids and and he changed lives with, with business people. And, you know, he helped veterans that were making nothing to making over three thousand dollars a month and changing their financial future. And uh, he got in this crazy business with his son, Gino, called Champions for Veterans. And they change the way veterans even look at getting their VA benefits. How about that? That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, you know, I'm definitely grateful. I believe that you, you, you've definitely laid the foundation for us, for your family, for your kids, and have been just an inspiration. And, you know, you've done that. You know, you have definitely helped people. You love God. You've changed lives. You've you've been a part of some amazing stuff. And I'm just I'm grateful to be able to call you my dad. So uh, and I feel the same way. You know, you've been none but honorable. I always tell people that on the calls when we're talking, you're such an honorable son. And, uh, you know, I, I want to tell people this, you know, I have an incredible work ethic like. I, I, but this young man right here, Gino Johnson, he goes beyond his dad. He pushes me, man, because, you know, I am retired. I got to keep reminding him of that. You know, <laughs> I, I enjoy the champions of veterans, but I'm a retired guy, too. Right. But but he inspires me to get up every day. And, and, and if the truth be told, I say retired. But listen, I got ministry. We do so many different things. I'm not sitting around the house watching soap operas and movies all day, but but uh, but he pushes me to be better. So his work ethic is is at a whole nother level. Also, so there you go. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you know, I want to I want to go ahead and hand it over to you to all end right. it. You always end it. Uh, and uh, thanks thanks so much for everybody who's been listening. Um, listen to this conversation with a hero and uh, look out for more combos with heroes as we move forward and share very inspirational stories from heroes that uh, would have that big hearts and that really want to just help people and change lives. And you know how I got to finish this call. I'm telling you to stay in the fight.